Tins, a top ten time machine. Welcome, my friends, to Pass Tens. I am David Yaz. Alongside me is the chart master, Michael Milt Wolf. Counting down the hits. And on this podcast, we look back at music history, counting down the top ten songs this week, but from a year selected by the Pass Tens time machine. That's right, Dave. We are going to pick a year at random, run through the top songs of that week, see which songs hold up, which don't, and which have disappeared into the void of pop music history. And which are driving us up the freaking wall and we need to toss out. But we're excited about this. This is the this is our maiden voyage. Yeah, we're going to hear some great songs that are going to take you back in time. Are you still reading off a script? I sure what am. the fuck are you doing? This is supposed to be unbridled. This is podcast land. All right, go ahead. Do your thing. We're going to hear some terrible Sorry, ones. Sorry, you're, ma- you're the chart master. We're going to hear some terrible ones that we can't believe are hits. And, you yeah. know, we're going to learn a few things. I think I'm going to be teaching you a few things about these songs that you don't know, Dave. There's no doubt. But, I know very little. It can't happen. I don't remember much. Unless we get into the time machine. We need to get into the time machine. And start to travel. So you want to take us there? Wait, here it is. <laughs> and the time machine has taken us back to... Should I tell him or would you like to tell him? It's... It's, uh, it's all you. It's all me. July 17th, 1976. That's I want to right. play it again. Hold on. Here we go. Oh. 1.21 gigawatts. July, here we are. July, it's the week ending. The July week, 17th sorry. in uh, 1976. 1976. Dave, let me tell you a little bit about that year uh, Please to do. give us some context. Uh, this was the week that the first ever Family Feud debuted on ABC with hey. Richard Dawson. It's when Richard Dawson first started spreading herpes. Kiss, <laughs> happened quickly. Patient zero. By the way, of course, we had just passed the uh, bicentennial, bicentennial celebrations of, uh, of oh, yeah. 1976. Yeah. Uh, the All-Star Game took place this week. The National League won 7-1. to one. George Foster was the MVP. The National League never wins anymore, so this is definitely a glance back. Yeah. Uh, at the, the Democratic Presidential Convention took place, and who did they nominate for uh, the uh, nominee for president? But none Would other than be... the oldest living president, Mr. Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Um, some devastating That's news. That's messed up that he's still around. That's true. It's but, great. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Devastating news. Loggins yep. and Messina broke up this week. Oh, morning. God. Very, very sad. We should yes. play a clip for them. Because cause Loggins, one out. Loggins definitely needed Messina, right? Well, he'll be making some appearances in future time machines, no he doubt. He will. Probably not Messina. And... Um, the 21st Olympic Games began in Montreal oh. this week. This was the Olympic Games where uh, the highlighted by Nadia Comaneci, her perfect ten in mm-hmm. gymnastics. And uh, do you believe in? Mi- no, that was no, uh, no, that was uh, four years later. Get your time. Straight. I know. And your well, season. Th- you know, time travel does a number on the psyche. So um, let's get into the countdown, Dave. Should we do it? Shall we? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. So we we uh, we're counting down the top ten. So uh, obviously we start with Milt. Number 10. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Summer tune. Yep. That's right, Dave. Yep. This is, uh, of course, rock and roll music by the Beach Boys. What's interesting about this week, just to set the table for you, the first five songs, the bottom half of the top ten, are oddly interrelated, and I'll take you through that. Oh, but, interesting. So, those of you who know your music history, this is, of course, not a Beach Boys original. It was originally written and recorded by Chuck Berry and actually reached number eight on the charts in the Hot 100 back in 1957. Mm -hmm. It is also extremely well known for its uh, version by the Beatles in 1964, which, interestingly enough, was not released as a single in the United States. Which I like better, by the way. Uh, Yeah, and I think we can discuss that. Okay. 
The uh, Beach Boys version, actually, it's number 10 here. It peaks a few weeks later at number five and actually spent 17 weeks in the in top 100. Mm-hmm. What, what's interesting is that this was their first top 10 hit in over 10 years. The last one being Good Vibrations, which went to, I believe, number one in 1966. And it was their last hit. Until Kokomo, I was going to number say, one in 1988. That, right. So that's another 12 years in between. That's right. So uh, yeah, don't, you know, no rush, Beach Boys. I mean, the Beach Boys were eventually so we're inducted ex- into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Of we're course. expecting one from them any day now. <laughs> Every 10 years, and that's yeah. you know, I tell, I'm curious what you think about this song, yep. Dave, because personally, I don't understand it. I don't understand <laughs> why it was a hit. You're saying me, like, why do why do we need it, right? And and even back then, I don't understand why this charted. This is a an old '50s song. You yep. know, I'm thinking that maybe the popularity of Happy Days brought this huh. music sort of pushing. But this was a band that hadn't had a hit in ten years. Yeah, and they didn't have another hit for another twelve years. So this one kind of comes out of nowhere for well, me. The, the Beach Boys, as great as they were, as much as I enjoyed them, they had a lot of uh, you'll pardon the uh, crossover pun here, but Cheap Tricks, um, they, they covered a lot of songs that were just really easy. Like, they covered Louie Louie. Like, what You're was right. that all about? You're right. It's not, that one sounded really silly, by the way, because the Beach Boys, yeah, you want me to turn down the boys? Okay. Yeah, I want to hear you. Yeah, so um, they, uh, Louie Louie, uh, although one that I enjoyed was, um, what's the dom, dom, come and go with me, right? Yeah, yeah. That, they did a nice job on that. That didn't, uh, that didn't make the top ten. It didn't. Nope. Hmm. Uh, anyway. But you're right. So, they, did, they, they desperately tried to stay hit-making, and the only yeah. way they could do it sometimes is to make remakes. Somebody else's catchy song, yeah. and I, maybe that somebody needed a paycheck. I mean, maybe Brian Wilson's uh, med, med medical bills were doing I just I think in the pantheon of great Beach Boys songs, this one isn't in it. I, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. And and I I enjoyed the other versions more, so if you'll uh, entertain a, a few bars from uh, Mr. Chuck Berry, for starters here. Uh, this is classic. Badass, right? One of the greats. Yeah. Although I confess, Chuck. yeah, I confess that when you told me Chuck Berry did this first, I thought the Be- I thought the Beatles uh, did it first, and uh, the Beatles uh, didn't somebody make a movie about the Beatles called Backbeat? Um, yeah, I think which, they did. Which, which right, I think about- would have come from this song. There you go. Now, I mean, listen to that. I, I that's mean, John, it's, right? It's clear. Is that, is that John? If any of these came, that's John. Yeah. If any of these came on the radio, you would listen to the Beatles version. You'd listen to the Chuck Berry version. I don't think I'm listening to the Beach Boys. Exactly. One. I'm sorry, boys. Yeah. Like you can hear number eight hit. This song number five hit. It charted higher than the Chuck Berry hit. That is when the universe is cosmically underperforming. Right. <laughs> I mean, and that's you can just hear the sort of hysteria in John's voice. Just let me hear some, and then the Beach Boys. Let me hear some more of that. Pass the paycheck. Blah blah blah. Now, let's right. uh, let's get back into the time machine because I'm going to show you how these songs are intertwined at the bottom of the list. It's going to be obvious. All right, we're moving on to the next one, right? Please so here do. we go. Yeah, this is. Uh... Go ahead. <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. has chains in it, so it must be a Robert Palmer song. No, just kidding. Just kidding. It's 
it's a weird kind of non-stereo version of the song you have queued up. That's nostalgic. Yeah, it sounds like AM radio. I'm sure it played a lot on AM radio, so... Of course, uh, Dave, mm-hmm. for those uh, Beatles fans out there, this is uh, Wings with Silly Love Song. Wings, of course, being Paul McCartney's um, first group project after leaving the Beatles. Mm-hmm. is ranked number nine this week, but uh, actually spent five weeks at number one earlier that summer and ended up the number one song for all of 1976. Wow. And McCartney's biggest solo hit of his career. Pretty impressive. And it's mm-hmm. one of six number one songs that McCartney had under Wings. Mm-hmm. Paul McCartney was in a band before Wings, but Wings was pretty big. It was uh, written by Paul and his wife, Linda McCartney, which was apparently a response song to John Lennon's criticism that Paul wrote banal and sentimental music. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nasty rebuke. Um, this is way to respond. Uh, interestingly enough, I didn't know this, but the cast of Glee redid this song and actually charted with it at really? number 45. Back, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, yeah. I mean, but um, it was uh, definitely his biggest solo hit and accomplishment. It number was. one song of the year. It was. Yeah. Uh, Thoughts e- ever. Yeah. Well, I I um, I'm glad um, Linda chipped in for the co-songwriting because otherwise she wouldn't have had a leg to stand on. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Sorry. Maybe a little. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, Paul. Um, I'm surprised, a little surprised to hear this is his biggest solo hit because I might have guessed um, something else like Band on the Run or yeah, I, Jet. This was or, the number one song yeah. of all of 1976. Well, I'll, I'll That's say amazing. this: I like I like the song. Um, I, I'm not dying to go back and listen to it because you mentioned this version of the song that I played was kind of like scratchy or something, yeah, which may, know, maybe maybe so. But I, it's like this. This song feels old to me. Just it kind of felt old to me the first time I heard it. Um, it's classic I McCartney. Think, well, I think, pop hook yeah. after pop hook after pop hook. A l- it, little it, soft. I, I, I'm not putting it down. I, I think it belongs here. In fact, what I was going to say was it, it feels like a number one hit to me. Like when you hear it, like um, does it endure? Does it? This is what we're talking about, right? Does it hold up? Yeah, it definitely yeah, does. It does. It, it's the same way that like, you know, uh, you look at, you know, Cal Ripken and um, Fred McGriff, right? Like, like, which one belongs in the Hall of Fame? Like, you, uh, I forget if McGriff ever ma- made the Hall Never of Fame. Never did. Never did. He didn't. Okay. Well, so maybe that's not a good example. But my point <laughs> is, but there was a discussion, right? Like, he had big numbers There's, and everything. Yeah. Like, Cal Ripken was, I'm saying this because... Uh, no he, brainer. Hall, but, but everything about him was Hall of Fame-y, you know? And this song feels number one-ish to me. It must have you know felt I mean? like a number one hit the day yeah. it came out. We I were, think that's right. And I remember listening to it back then, and I still will listen to it on the radio right. now. So give it give it some props. But look, the connections between our songs continue. Oh, okay. Back in the time machine. Back in the time machine. Here we go. Number eight. Is this version okay for you? Now, of course, wow. this is uh, this is the Beatles with "Got to Get You Into My Life," which should be confusing to you. Because we are not in the '60s; we are in 1976. Right. They've been broken up for. 
years. Six years, this seven years. This uh, was originally an album cut from Revolver in 1966, mm. but was not released as a single until the Beatles this year released in 76 a compilation album called Rock and Roll Music. There's a tie-in there. Hey. And they released this as a, uh, a single, and it had peaked at number seven the previous week to this and started falling down the charts. Um, this actually represented the last time the Beatles had a top ten hit until Freebird, the song that uh, "Free as a Bird." Free as me, a I'm bird. Going no. Leonard Skinner here. <laughs> Free as a Bird uh, in 1995's anthology. Right. Um, interesting fact: McCartney says this song is not about a person; it's about smoking weed. <laughs> this was around when um, they had learned pot. Yeah. And uh, decided they needed to write an ode to how great it made them feel. So it's about when they started smoking marijuana. Wow. And by the way, John Lennon said in a Playboy interview that this is one of uh, McCartney's best songs. And um, th- of course, becomes even more familiar later when Earth, Wind & Fire takes it back into the top 10 in 1978. Uh, interesting, also side fact. Yes. This was not the first time the chart hit, even though it's a Beatles original. Go Blood, on. S- Blood, Sweat, and Tears released a version what? of this in 1975. Wow. It only went to number 62. Um, sounds kind of similar, to be honest, but uh, didn't chart into the top 10 until the actual Beatles took it here now. You see wow. all these intertwines? It's crazy. Rock and roll music, yeah. McCartney, Beatles. Yeah. Any it, thoughts it all on this? It comes back to Paul McCartney. Yeah. Well, first of all, just... Which do you prefer, by the way? This version or the Earth, Wind, and Fire version? They're both excellent. Uh, that's like, you know... Chocolate or vanilla, that's like which kid of yours is the favorite. For me, it's Adrian, obviously. He's just a better he's just <laughs> a, he's likely to listen kid. here, right? Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So um no, uh yeah, the Earth Wind and Fire version, which I'll, I'll play a little bit of that oh, right man. now. It Well, we you and I have discussed this before we have, actually. as to what makes a good cover song. And this is the quintessential example, isn't it? I mean it's it's immediately recognizable yet immediately totally different. different. Right. Yeah, just different genre altogether, and love it. Just love it. Love, I actually, love them both. This so I'm not going to. Uh, I refuse to answer your question. This is one of the few classics, I, and certainly one of the few Beatles songs that I would say was improved by its uh, by its remake. Right. And uh, two years later, this one's in the top ten. Maybe we'll get to that in the time machine Maybe. someday. Maybe we will. One never knows. Speaking of Time Machine, let's go back Way back, back into it? Okay, yep. fire it up. Number seven. Number seven. I was a little late on the queue for number seven, but it's here. This is um, the Captain and Tennille doing yeah. Shop Around. And uh, one thing we should note about this podcast is we're going to um, introduce some categories here and then. And right. you may find this a contra- uh, little controversial, Dave, but um, I'm anointing this, what? the initial. What? What the fuck were we thinking? Play that again because I think Captain and or Tennille stepped on it. Stepped on it? Do it. This is the initial. What the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> 
I um, are you sure? Don't Zerza? understand. I don't understand. Well, now, this. Let me give you some right, thoughts. This was originally a smash hit by uh, the Miracles, uh, Smokey Robinson's oh, band. Oh my god, I didn't know that. You did? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now this that you reached, mentioned it, of course, uh, yeah. number two on the Hot 100 in 1960, and was named one of the 500 songs that shaped rock and roll by the Rock Hall of Fame. This. Uh, version in 1976 that. was part of their second album. It was the biggest of many cover versions and actually reached number four a few weeks earlier in July. A um, couple more. Do you know who the captain is, by the way? He just passed away. Yeah, he died. Earlier this year in January. Do I know who he is? Renal failure. Do you know his name? <laughs> his name, ironically, was Renal Failure. <laughs> no, I don't know his captain's name. His I name? know he, he was freaking weird and he never spoke when they were on variety shows and stuff. His, was his name, name? was uh, Daryl Dragon. Really? And you want to? You may be wondering. I'm saying all, the first five songs all tied into each yeah, other. Yeah, I'd love to hear this because I thought the the countdown just took a left turn. Daryl Dragon was right. a keyboardist for the Beach Boys, and Mike that? Love from the Beach Boys gave oh, him shit. the nickname Captain Keyboard. I think I knew that at one point. And actually, Tony Tennille <laughs> toured with them as well. Many of us remember. Uh, Captain Tennille from their variety show on ABC in 1976 and 1977, which was a big hit. Yeah. Um, they were married for 39 years. Can you uh, pause for one sec on that? Yeah. Just just the um, people, younger listeners of this podcast won't even really know what a variety show is in, in the way that you're describing. Because in the 70s, this was a thing. Like, you, you remember who else had them? Like, I remember oh, like... We'll be talking about one that had them later in the okay. countdown. All right. That's a good week. teaser. But like John Davidson had a show. Like John Davidson was just some dude. Uh, the Brady Bunch. The, they had a variety show, right? Oh, a really, really and, bad. One. And variety shows were a combination of musical numbers. That was kind of the thread that that ran through them all. I think they all had musical numbers, uh, surprise guest stars, and these weird, uncomfortable skits. I feel like, right? Like horrible, what horrible? Yeah. Where they all tried to sing, dance, and act. Yeah. They're musicians. The singing part they got. The rest of it questionable yeah it, it, it's amazing that it passed for primetime entertainment they were it, huge yeah they so, were huge. like the height of kitsch and oh, actually, like they, mary theirs tyler moore had one yeah theirs was a hit they decided to stop the variety show because they had too much going on um mary anyway. tyler moore had one sorry this will be quick i, I promise that. but yeah she had one it was just called the mary tyler moore show and she would come out and at the beginning of each, this was also a thing in the 70s she would come out and she would sing a medley of today's hits <laughs> so she's singing other other people's hits and at one point oh, she's God. she's singing with a little love we can work it out was that a little love or a little luck with a little luck, luck. with the luck. Right, with a little Speaking luck. Of tying things together right we, Paul McCartney song with wings. That's right. This was a wing song so that uh, Mary Tyler Moore was murdering on the set of her show. With a little luck, we can help it out. We can make this whole darn thing work out. Work it out. And then you see these two, if you look at the clip, you can find it on YouTube, the two of her little comedic you know, partners uh, step forward and they say, we can make this whole darn thing work out. And you, you look and you know who it is? It's David Letterman and Michael Keaton. I shit you not. David Letterman and Michael Keaton were two of the players on the Mary Tyler Moore show. We're going to be Wait, bringing David Letterman back into the countdown. It must have been called the Mary... This week. 
Really? Everything's related. No, I need to correct myself because because our, our listeners are going to uh, kill me. It must have been called the Mary Tyler Moore Variety Hour or something. Because the Mary Tyler Moore show was the... No, that was the show. Right. Okay. Good point. You're okay. embarrassing yourself. I know. Anyway, what Captain and Sunil were married for 39 years until they divorced in 2014. And as I said, the captain passed away from renal failure earlier this year. He also had Parkinson's, but... Now, every now and then on this podcast, I'm going to introduce a, uh, a trivia fact that I'd like to dub. I know more than you. Because I do I believe, show Dave, off. I know more than you. Did you know, Go ahead. and this is kind of shocking, Tony Tennille mm-hmm. sang backup vocals on Pink Floyd's The Wall. That's, that's bizarre. That might be the most bizarre fact. Tony Tennille, who's like the representation of 70s kind of cheesy whatever. Mm-hmm. Is on one of the coolest albums ever made. Never would have guessed that. Oh, by the way, a little bit of thunder in the background. I know. I think it's ominous. We're recording here in our Westwood, Massachusetts studios, and some some thunders rolling in. I think they they got the word about this podcast rocking the nation. Uh, <laughs> that might but be time. Uh, is Tony- that warning? To get- oh, did you going to say something? <laughs> I was going to say that very simply. Tony Tennille, hot, hot. I saw a video of her maybe on a she, talk show a few she, weeks yeah. ago. And I have to say, from her age, but I'm giving it context, she looks good now. Pretty good, yeah. Which means she probably looked damn good then. I mean, I know I'm I'm picturing her with that short Dorothy Hamill kind of haircut. Yeah, the bowl cut. The the, the, soup bowl bowl cut. All right. Well, listeners, you know. Come on. She's a um, huge musician. You're trying to reduce her. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Get back in the damn time machine, Dave. uh, All right. We're back in the time machine. Number six. This is uh, Love is Alive by Gary Wright. And, you know, I had forgotten that this it's song a existed. It's a and shocker. yet, yep. as soon as we started playing it, and I had heard it before preparing for this podcast, I kind of dig this song. Yeah, I had forgotten about well, it. Well, that that hook's pretty badass, right? That banet. Well, oh, hold yeah, on. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's just, it's just good. Yeah. Now, Gary Wright is mm-hmm. better known for uh, recording Dreamweaver. Which also was a top ten hit. Both songs, back to back, released back to back, peaked at number two. He's number six here, but he will rise to number two later, and so did Dreamweaver. But actually, this "Love Is Alive" was the bigger hit. It spent seven more weeks on the Hot 100 and finished as the ninth biggest song of 1976. This was Isn't a bi- that crazy. This was a bigger hit than Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver. Never we remember that. Dreamweaver now more. I remember Dreamweaver because it was on a KTEL album that I had that I yep. played. Was it KTEL? Yeah, KTEL yeah, were the sure. compilation albums, right? And I played it into the ground. But actually, Love is Alive is the bigger hit. The ninth biggest hit of the year, which is crazy. Well, uh, people who weren't around when we were might know Dr- Dreamweaver because it was revived in Wayne's world. Every time, every, yeah, every time Wayne was in love, he would hear the, 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 those openings. We're going to talk about um, yep. 
cultural relevance and reuse mm-hmm. uh, later in this podcast for some of these songs. But, but I'm shocked, Gary, right? The other thing about this is I always confuse him with Gary Newman. No, nope, that's Cars. <laughs> I know, I know, but same kind of era, same kind of... Yeah, Gary Newman was more new wave, but yeah, I'll give you that. Right. This was uh, Gary Wright's last top 10 hit. He did hit number 16 in 1981 with a song called Really Want to Know You. Hmm. Um, now, how does this, this is the last song in the countdown. I said the first five songs were interrelated. How the hell does Gary Wright connect to everybody else? Good well, luck. Wright played keyboards on George Harrison's All Things Must Pass and also records and plays with Ringo Starr. So he has okay. a very strong Beatles connection. In fact, uh, Gary Wright has an autobiography, which gives us hope. And his is called Dreamweaver, Music, Meditation, and My Friendship with George Harrison. So huh. I, odd how all five songs interrelate with each other this week. That's why you're the chart master, and I'm that just the guy that works here at the podcast. But studio. I dig that song, and I think surprising, despite the fact that I didn't remember it, listening to it kind of holds up. But yeah, we'll talk more about that. And when you and uh, I look forward to it. And but just uh, I'm just going to play like two more seconds of it. No, it's, please. It's it's got a funky rock groove that still works for me. And. It just the very feel. I'm not going to be able to put it into words. The very feel of the song is something you don't hear anymore in music. I think it. It just it feels like like you're driving down a beach road in the 70s. And I don't know. Like it it it's uh it remind it does remind me of summer for some reason. A lot of the, obviously these songs all came out in the summer, so maybe that's, that's why. Right. Maybe that's it. It does yeah. feel summery. You're right, and it works for me. Yeah. All right. Now before we continue the countdown, yes. um, we're into the top five now. Mm. I'm going to introduce a, a, a category here that I'm going to play. Uh, this is um, this is going to be a fair warning to our listenership um, because this category is never heard of it. <laughs> Getting that time machine, Dave. It's time to go. Okay, come on, Doctor. Number five. Number five. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> the wind blew some luck in my direction. Oh my God! <laughs> I caught it in my hands today. I finally made a tricky French connection. You winked and gave me your okay. I, I, I take you I'm just um. This song is. Yeah, tell, um, you, you must tell everyone what this is because nobody fucking knows. <laughs> Go ahead. This song is Moonlight Feels Right by Starbuck. Is the chorus about to hit on this? Maybe. Let's, let's listen. Starting to feel a little more familiar yes. in the chorus, yes. but barely. Yeah. Now, this yeah, was yeah. the. It, um, it reminds me of. I think there were a lot of Moonlight. Songs in the seventies, uh, the obvious one being the Van Morrison yeah. song, but but I think there were others like they love people love the moon. This in the one, 70s. I just yeah, it's just bizarre. This uh, to it's think like, a song hit the top five in nineteen seventy six, and you and I don't know it. Right. This it, was the uh, first and biggest charting single by Starbuck, which is ironic. Mm. They, their name was wildly stolen and is now a successful well successful as a ubiquitous coffee brand well it was first stolen stolen by battlestar galactica dirk benedict's character was known as starbuck of course come on this but this song even peaks later at number three and was the 34th biggest song of the year which is absolutely insane now the place you may have heard this song it was apparently featured in the film stuck on you with matt damon and greg kinnear which was not a big hit 
but it is apparently featured in that film. And it is the fir- apparently also the first American rock hit to feature the marimba. Oh, you know what? I was going to say something. So we might have missed the marimba section. No, you can hear it. Listen, it's that chimey thing. So there's a solo. Oh, well, we might have missed the no, marimba missed solo. The marimba solo. I'm kind of yeah. pissed. Yeah. Oh. Went off on a tangent. Well, Dirk Benedict thanks us. Well, Starbuck makes an appearance, and it's our um, never heard of it uh, song of the week. Hit the jingle again. It deserves it again. I appreciate that. Dude. Yeah, it I'm does. Play it for you right now. Never heard of it. Very good. And uh, speaking of jingles, let's uh, let's, let's go play back. another hit from the seventies. Okay. <laughs> Are we back in the time machine? Are we going back go in the to time, back machine? In the time okay, machine? Okay, sorry. Here we go. This is a good one. Number four. Number four. I like this one, Milt. Yeah, this is a good one. Sort of. This is, so, Dave, this is the... Um, this could be no more disco. Oh, this is this is disco. Um, this is uh, this peaked here at number four. This is the Andrea True Connection with More, More, More Part One. Play the uh, chorus here for a second. Here we go. Now, Dave? Yes, sir. This is a song about sex. Well. Which... Shouldn't have surprised people back then because Andrea I thought it was True. About, I thought it was about some guy who really loved cheeseburgers. No, just no. wanted more and more and more. Andrea Go True, ahead. yes, was a porn star. Well, God Did bless you know her. that? I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't. Andrea True made fifty adult films in the nineteen seventies and eighties. This wasn't one of those things where she was a, was in one film and then her music career took off and then she stopped. This was a big thing for her. Mm-hmm. She recorded this song when she was stuck in Jamaica. Jamaica, she was shooting a commercial and couldn't take her money out of the country, so she decided to use the money there to finance the recording instead and became her only top 10 hit. And then, um, so she, then she just went back to porn? Then she went back to porn. Well, she did have another top uh, 40 hit, uh, a song called New York, You Got Me Dancing, hit number 27 in 1977. Oh, there she is. Yeah. I put a naked picture of her on the board. There she it, is. It's not my fault. She's in porn. There are naked pictures. I mean, that's, of her all that's over the easy to find. I'm afraid. Although <laughs> I check your computer for viruses now. No. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that this became an instant disco standard. Yeah. You say? Th- yeah. I mean, listen. I. I. Um, it was a difficult time to be me in 1976, 77, because I. I. I liked disco, and it was verboten. Oh, you, on were, you, on were, the, you would have been schoolyard. forbidden yes. in the schoolyard yes. from those, admitting that. There was a big disco backlash, and people had T-shirts that said, that, excuse me, T-shirts that said, um, disco sucks. And um, yet, yeah, like in the in the movie Stripes, there's a noticeable scene where Judge Judge Reinhold is wearing a, a sweatshirt that says Death Before Disco, and it's really funny. And um, so, but I like this tune. I mean, uh, you know, it it it's like, it irritates yeah. me after a while because it's so repetitive. Yeah. But it does when you hear it, you are taken back to the '70s instantly. It's it was a weird. Time uh, you know what? Because, you know what? Also, make yeah. you you know it's got good grooves when. I don't know if you remember the song um, that samples it um, during their instrumental break, but 
uh, the song Steal My Sunshine by mm. Len um, uses this track um, pretty actively. And it was, a, it was a huge hit that you actually hear. Um, Just recently? I, I don't know if oh, I know Oh, you would song. not. Play it, play it right now for us, Dave, and you will absolutely know it within seconds. Oh, really? Okay. Right. Is this Len? Yes. Just a little preview here of a uh, future. Come on, you know this song. I guess. I was lying on oh, the yes. Yeah. Well, later in the instrumental break, it samples it directly. But um, oh, I can hear. I it. love when current songs sample just bits of a music that give you a taste and flavor of it, but don't steal the whole thing. Right. Yeah, this is a good a good use of that. Um, and I'm sure as we continue our musical journey, we'll find some that really screw it up and some that do it very oh, well. For yep. sure. For yep. sure. Now there is the more, more, more the the song we just talked about. It, it it had it was revived briefly in a comedic way and I don't know do you want me to save that for um, when we talk about the uh, pop culture yeah, you know uh, let's um let's save that okay let's save we're gonna do Stick some cultural references uh, for these songs Very and, good. Uh, we'll see if it works better at the end or if we'll mix them in in future podcasts but right but uh, in the meantime back we're, to the machine let's go back bum, 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 bum. number three. Get funky. Mm. Yeah. This is I'll Be Good to You by the Brothers Johnson. First and biggest single by the what I think is one of the most underrated funk and RB bands. Brothers Johnson, were they Swedish or Australian? Uh, no, they were black dudes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's a joke. Come on. Sorry, brothers. They Johnson. were real brothers, by the way. Okay. Didn't uh, know that. George Johnson was known as Lightning Licks. He was the guitarist and vocalist. And uh, Lewis Johnson was Thunder Thumbs on bass. Mm-hmm. They were initially part of Billy Preston's band, who actually played with the Beatles. So even a connection yeah, sure. to the beginning of our countdown. That's right. Play it a little louder for me. Sure. I love this song. <laughs> does make you want to sit on a beanbag and smoke a joint or something. <laughs> this actually hit the top 20 again in a remake with Shaka Khan and Ray Charles that they made with Quincy Jones that won album of the year at the Grammys in 1990. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. You're smarter than me. This, um... This song just is great. You love this one. And the Brothers Johnson went on to have some big hits, too. Um, this was their biggest, though. Let's you, get to this chorus right now, because okay, I love it. sure. Uh, well, I forgot it's the instrumental break, too. <laughs> Come on. Uh, some sad news for you, though, Dave. Uh, Lewis Johnson, Lewis Thunderthumbs Johnson, did die in 2015 from, uh, sadly, gastrointestinal bleeding of the esophagus. Wow. The uh, uh, don't let your kids play bass, boys. Well, I hope he didn't stick one of his thunder thumbs down his throat <laughs> in a fortunate accident. Yeah. I was gonna, when you name it stumbled, didn't it? Yeah. See, on a Saturday night, when your name name is Thunder Thumbs. You can just stay home. You know, you know I would argue up. that the brothers Johnson. Oh boy, they are underrated, but properly um, credited with being part of rock funk history they are an influential group that probably their influence outweighs the number of their hits and they had two future hits big hits that came with uh stomp and um strawberry letter number 
was it 23 or something? So I, I know that song, Stomp. I hadn't, I'm not a big uh, BJ's fan, uh, Brothers, <laughs> <laughs> Brothers Johnson. Uh, I'm kicking myself now for not coming up with seven great I mean, jokes. My about the, God, it was about laid up for you. I know my brothers from I'm my Johnson. To the facts. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is, you introduced me to that song, Stomp, and Never. I remember where I was. We were in our apartment because you had just landed this. CD. This is back in the early days of CDs, and it was a disco. You remember? Yes, it was, it was it like was the one best of the seventies, or, yeah, or yeah. it's just disco. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it was disco, mostly yeah, disco. Because right, right, right. I remember um, "Turn the Beat Around" was on there, and um, uh, I like the nightlife. I like uh, the Alicia boogie. Bridges. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and that's when it started and, to feel okay to like disco again, right? It took that long. Yeah, it's, it it's, took it, into the yeah. late eighties. For people to be able to come out of the disco closet, if you will, and say, you know what, I'm digging the BGs, and I'm not going to apologize for it, right? Yeah. The rock fan. So how many years? To realize. So it's like a 12 to 15 year window or something, right? Kind that, of. That, that's like we could do a whole nother show about nostalgia and whether that window shrinks or, or because it's this is my theory on this. It's the happy days theory. It's you couldn't you couldn't do the Happy Days thing now, and here's why: because Happy Days was uh, called Happy Days because it was a TV show set in the fifties, which was known as sort of a happy time for America, right? right. Show came out, I want to say 1974, 1975? 75, 76. Okay, right. So let's say oh, actually seventy four was its first year. Good boy. Good okay, boy. so let's say the 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 show flashed back. 20 years, right? So 1955, 1970, or whatever. Good math, Dave. Oh, thank you. Um, wicked smart. And you couldn't, could you do that today? So the year is 2019. Could you write a whole nostalgic show about the way life was like in 1999? Like, I, I don't even know where you would start and what would be so drastically well, the different. Well, if you were to do a, 90, a 90s revival now, it would be about grunge. It would be yeah. about, I think you, now we are at the point where 90s is, it's going to happen, Dave. It's going to happen. I think the window's you've getting bigger, grunge, though. You've got grunge. You've got... Yeah, but... Uh, uh, like it, would, it would be... <laughs> <laughs> no, Seattle. <laughs> flannel <laughs> shirts. Also grunge. It's coming, Kurt Cobain. Man. It's coming, I'm telling I, you. I'm telling you, there's something... There's a weird nostalgia, anti-nostalgia thing. But, I mean, you know, we it, 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 it's, it's all yeah. full blast now with the 80s, obviously, and they did... You know, they did that 70s show and then they actually tried that 80s show, whatever. Uh, now here's, no, I think, um, this is a rabbit hole. We, we, we can go way up. down, we but let's yeah. get back in the time machine. And okay. this is one that's going to, um, really feel like not the disco 70s, but just let's get back in there way and back. see. Number two. Here we go. This cracks me up. This has got to be the saddest day of my life. <laughs> Could this ever be a hit now? It would be a I satire. I called you here today for a bit of bad news. I won't be able to see you anymore <laughs> because of my obligations. We're looking at the video the and the, the singer have. is as serious as he sounds. Oh my goodness gracious. We've been meeting here every day. And since this is our last day together, oh yeah, baby. I want to hold you just one more time. Makes me love. When you turn and walk away, <laughs> this is an Eddie, this is an Eddie Murphy to character. The verse yet? I know this, this is, is. By the way, everyone, this is uh, "Kiss and Say Goodbye" by the Manhattans, which we'll turn back up when he uh, when they actually start singing. Just, for those enough. for those of you who are confused and thought it was sexual chocolate, <laughs> because it's basically what <laughs> it is. Drop. Here's some and look more at this. Music. Look at Milt. Now we. 
We've got the we've got the uh, five players all in white jumpsuits, full body jumpsuits, by the way. They're like onesies. And then now we've got a secondary singer that looks like Flip Wilson for some reason. <laughs> he looks like the collars are great too. <laughs> right. All right, I'm ready for the facts. Look, I mean, look, this song's number two this week and, and hits number one a few weeks later. This wow. is the Manhattan's first and only number one hit on the Hot 100. You may know the Manhattan's more for Shining Star, which hits number oh, five yeah. in 1980. Yeah. This song was the bigger hit. It finishes the number six song of 1976 and the number 33 song of the entire decade. So this was a huge hit, which, look, it's a classic sort of soul standard. I, um, that boy's good. <laughs> that boy's good. <laughs> Ironically, by the way, the Manhattans are from Jersey City. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> but they they, dre- uh, they dreamed one day of making it to uh, Manhattan. And, you know, this here we are in 1976. They'd been recording since 1964, and ha- people do not realize how huge they were. They had 45 hits on the R&B charts, but only two crossed over and became top 10 pop hits. How about that? This is all about trying to break up with dignity and such. And <laughs> the label actually worried that it was too slow to be a hit in the disco era, and they sat on it for a full year. I can see why. Released it, and it became a huge hit. Yep. And interesting enough, do you want a little piece of trivia? I don't know. Wait, if I think this is how the song was introduced. Hold on. I probably couldn't hear it. <laughs> Mr. Randy Watson. Sorry, I can't get sexual chocolate out of my head. Coming to America, my yes. friend. Yes, okay. Sorry, please continue. What was no, that this it? Was only, no, okay. This was only the second single ever to earn platinum status. Platinum uh, was an award designation Jesus. that only began to be issued in 1976. So this was the year it began. It was the second single. The first was uh, Disco Lady by Johnny Taylor, which we'll hear someday, I'm sure, in a future sure. podcast. But this was a huge hit. Mill, you got to see this huge hit. You get uh, podcast listeners, do yourself a favor and YouTube this and watch the 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 performance oh, the moves. The, Check this the out. Slow Jackson Five moves. <laughs> Except they're way too old to be the Jackson Five. But they're all wearing the white jumpsuits. They, everything's completely choreographed. This, this is like this, you know what this pre. I mean, uh, you say this is laughable, but this is just what One Direction does. It's just right? a little bit slower right. and and uh, cooler. And um, look, the song itself. Still sounds good. This the part vocal, of the song, the vocal yeah. intro would never play today. It right. just wouldn't. It just would never work. Baby, I just want you to know <laughs> that when we get home tonight, uh, your vagina is the one that I love the most. So you could say anything. It sounds soulful, and you could get away with, with it. a deep enough voice. If you yeah. sound like Barry White, you can say whatever you want. Well, that's the other thing. That the 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 lead singer there, uh, you know, reminds me of all those guys: uh, Barry White, uh, Teddy Pendergrass, uh, Luther Vandross. Talk like that. Yeah. I'll have a quarter pounder with <laughs> cheese. Put the ketchup on the side. <laughs> so what you're saying, doctor, is I have a urinary tract infection? Is that right? <laughs> uh, all right, then. baby, pass me the salt. <laughs> all right, well, look, that's our number two hit. So I'm excited now to bring our listeners oh to the very top Here of the go. charts for the week ending Ju- July 17th, 1976. All right, Time Machine, take us there. Marty McFly, take us. It's a good one. Number one. Oh, yeah. Are you feeling it? You have no idea. Here it comes. It really gets me. 
Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight Gonna grab some afternoon delight My motto's always been when it's right Put your pants right, back on, right, Dave Till the middle of a cold, dark night Oh my God, the lead singer, if he didn't sing, he, he still would be trying to get laid to this day. I'm going to tell you more about him in a moment. All right. They look like Peter, Paul, and Mary, sort of, I guess. Wait, is is that a black chick? They get diversity in the Starlight vocal band? I don't think so. She looks... I don't, uh, no, maybe not. No, maybe no. Not. <laughs> no they're pretty white. <laughs> Wait, is it, it, she looks like... She might be Hispanic or something. Native American. Oh, maybe Native American. You'll have to look that up while I tell some facts. Well, of course, everybody, this is um, Afternoon Delight by, and people may not remember the name of the band. It was the Starland Vocal Band. It was the only top 40 hit for this band that hailed from Washington, D.C. Shocker. Began as a husband-wife duo of Bill Danoff and Taffy Nivert. Interestingly enough, they co-wrote with John Denver. They co-wrote Take Me Home, Country Roads. Which brought hmm. them some attention. Same genre. Wait, did you say her name was Taffy? Taffy. T A F F Y. I mean, it's how the close, 70s. How close are you to naming your daughter Taffy? This <laughs> <laughs> a runner up to Rachel. We went with Zagnut instead. <laughs> but, um, well, here's a shock. The That's song's about name. sex during the day. I, I actually knew that. Now, they, yeah. the band has claimed mm-hmm. that it is actually referring to a late night appetizer, late afternoon appetizer menu at Clyde's of Georgetown, a D.C. restaurant. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, that's, that's funny. such a crock. Well, that's just like when Ringo said that he said cranberry sauce when we all know he said, I buried Paul. You're now, fooling anybody, exactly Ringo. Right. Now, that when you listen to the chorus, that ew sound after they say yeah. that skyrockets in flight, ew. Yeah. Was made with a pedal steel guitar. They were trying to sound like fireworks. No, hold on. It's kind of subtle that? on that time. Yeah, Ew. but I did hear. It. Yeah, right. They're trying to sound like fireworks, and I. You want some irony? Yep. This was the number one song on the July Fourth bicentennial week for fireworks. How about think, that? I don't think that's irony. I just think it's fitting. Either way. Now I've got. There are skyrockets. That, okay, sky. By the way, there are fireworks in the music video that we're watching. But that sound sounds nothing like fireworks. No, not, a, not at all. I mean, Come on, Star- bad, did, job, bad, bad job by you, Starland <laughs> Vocal Band. Get a sound effects guy for crying no, out loud. Do you want to be outraged? Okay. The Starland Vocal Band won Best New Artist at the Grammys <laughs> over Boston, who had one of oh, the greatest no! debut no! albums of all time. Instead Turn those to- machines back on! <laughs> Turn those machines back on! That's criminal. The Starland vocal that band. That is criminal. That the the de- Boston the debut uh, as they say eponymous eponymous how do you say that word? eponymous oh, album Lord. that whatever the album was called Boston right they that were album defeated by the Starland oh, vocal band as best new artist who never had another top shame. one right now interestingly <laughs> enough I I teased this before the Starland vocal band had their own show on CBS called yeah the Starland vocal band show how about in 1977. That? <laughs> A writer and performer on that show? Yeah. Mr. David Letterman. Oh, my God. Wow. Holy jeez. It was quickly canceled. <laughs> it was not a hit. But Mr. Letterman got around on these uh, on these shows, apparently. But that That's that's insane. Yeah. So, uh, we're so through the looking glass here, people. Wait, at, say the whole thing. Say it again. Who was, a, who was a writer on that show? It was none other than... Mr. David Letterman. Oh. That deserved that. <laughs> okay. Poor guy. Okay. 
So let me ask you, Dave. Yes. Now, Afternoon Delight has become a classic, and we'll talk a little bit about why in a moment. But does this does, did this song deserve to be number one? Oh. <laughs> uh, we're going to fight about this, I think. My answer is unequivocally yes. Because although you might not like it, it holds an indelible place in pop culture. It, it is wonderfully silly, sappy, syrupy. Wait, I got more S words. Uh, sanctimonious, um, sexual, and uh, ultimately unforgettable. Un- um, unforgettable song. And I'm going uh, to um, I'm going to agree with you. you and let me tell you, you why. Wow. Okay. Every decade deserves songs that can only exist within that decade. Right. And this is a song that could never have worked in any other place other than the 1970s. And yeah. it, it was a huge hit because it was the way the world was thinking at the time. Yep. Um, and I, 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 it's an embarrassing song in many ways. Yeah. But uh, it deserved to be number one in its time. Is this that generation's We Built This City? Is there, is there a comparison there? So bad it's good. That song's just plain bad. That song, that song's even worse. But yeah, I it is. Hear what you're saying. Hmm. With this song, you could argue that the the harmonies are appealing, right? I would I would put um, Ice Ice Baby more <laughs> okay, yeah, in that yeah, category. Yeah. That it's an embarrassing song, and yet you can't remember appreciating it, and yet you did. Because it was, it yeah. worked for the time, and this was one of those. There's, a, I don't know what the word would be to describe this phenomenon, but when a song comes on, and say, eh, say you're at a, I don't know, a dinner party, and someone's, you're having a few drinks, people are playing songs, and a song comes on, and almost everyone in the room goes, oh, this one, right? Like I remember this song, and it, which means it's not necessarily the greatest song in the world, but it's kitschy, it's silly, it brings you back to a certain place, whatever that quality is this song had it off the charts 100 percent. yeah totally agree with you okay so that's our top 10 dave you want to run through that list uh 10 to 1 uh once again yes because we're gonna we're gonna do some categories in a minute but uh give them a recap july 17th 1976 the number 10 song in the nation was rock and roll music by the beach boys number nine silly love songs paul mccartney and wings Number eight, Got to Get You Into My Life by The Beatles. Number seven, Shop Around, Captain and Tennille. Number eight, Love is Alive by Gary Wright. Number five, Moonlight Feels Right by... What? <clears throat> Number five, <laughs> Moonlight... Hit that sound sting again. Hit it again. You know which one I want. Number five, M- Moonlight Feels Right by what Starbuck. What were we thinking? No, it was supposed to be the other one, wasn't it? Whatever. Oh, shoot. Both. You're Moonlight, right. It's this number one. Number five, Moonlight Feels Right. By Starbuck. Never heard of it. There you go. Number four, more, more, more. Part one by Andrea True Connection. By the way, we're still waiting for part true. No <laughs> rush, Andrea. Number three. I know she's dead. Number three, I'll Be Good to You by the Brothers Johnson. Number two, Kiss and Say Goodbye by the Manhattans. And of course, number one song, July 17th, 1976, Afternoon Delight by Starland Vocal Band. Okay, so Dave, now is the time for us to dub. Hmm. We got some awards Winner! to give up. So we're going to pick a winner of the week each week, and uh, to define that, it's the song that stands up the best today. Now, we talked about Afternoon Delight working in its time. My question is, is it the song that stands up well when played today? I say no, but uh, tell me what your song 
you would choose for winner of the week. Oh, was your initial retort? Okay, was it, your initial volley afternoon delight? Is that because I can tell you that's not it? Yeah, no, for me, that is not for you. My okay. winner of the week. I'll just let you know because you're taking too long. Um, <laughs> you ahead. could probably hear it during the countdown. I think uh, I'll be good to you by the Brothers Johnson. Really? Just um, it's a song that when you play it, it just still works. And I, I don't think any of these would necessarily be a hit today, but I can still feel it and I dig it and I enjoy it. You could argue that. Um, Afternoon Delight deserves its place because of its resonance in culture. Mm. But um, was that you? I told you to turn off your computer oh, notifications. You yeah, dope. you're right. No, oh, my bad. Well, somebody, somebody just you. broke yeah. through it. That's okay. Somebody yeah. dinged my choice. One of your bitches. But um, there you go, man. <laughs> I don't know. The PC police are going to go know. right after us. Yeah. But I dig the Brothers Johnson. But do uh, you not own dogs? It could have been one of your dogs, the bitches. He's got See? big balls. Know where you're, yeah, big ball, you're Chauncey. Right. So, uh, your winner of the week? Silly Love Songs. Paul McCartney. Ah, yeah, 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 that, yeah. Might, that might work. And, and the only reason I didn't pick Got to Get You Into My Life by the Beatles is that, I, for whatever reason, I marked it down for being a quasi-revival song or whatever we're going to call it. Like, it, it doesn't... If we're talking 1976, a quintessential... 1976 song I'm not going to pick a Beatles song but Silly Love Songs is is like a Pantheon legit Pantheon song that's why and 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 with apologies to Afternoon Delight which I love its role in this in uh, in pop culture and everything else and we'll get to that but uh, there you go yeah I, I, I'm not going to argue right. I think those are two it's very a divided good court but good choices Let's move to uh, Best Cultural Revival. Okay. These are uses of these songs that uh, made the songs live on in other uh, cultural places beyond uh, its moment in time. I think we got a few of those. Yes, we, Dave? Just a, uh, a few, yes. Uh, so as we mentioned, more, more, more. Andrea True Connection, number four on the charts in 1976. And The Simpsons lovingly brings it back in this fashion. Oh, oh, oh. How do you like me? How do you like me? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Why don't you like me? Nobody likes me. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Mo Sleezak, right? Sleezak? Sizzlack. Sizzlack. Close Damn enough. it. I should know enough. that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well funny. Done, Mo. Funny. Well Good. Done. Good. Um, now, there's one that's just simply the most obvious. In fact, you've already pretty picked up upon it. Um, and uh, But what the hell? Here we go. From the number one uh, reference to the number one song, Afternoon Delight. It's really quite simple. From the film Anchorman. It's kind of like. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon <laughs> delight. My motto's always been, when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clearer in the light of day. And we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon Now I presume those are the actual actors Yeah, Steve Carell, Paul Rudd Will Ferrell Apparently that is that they are actually singing Oh, by the way, he did the That was was David Koechner doing the part Um, (laughs) I mean, amazing. I mean, I I love to think that it was even funnier for us in that movie when they they just completely out of the blue break into song and they pick that song. Even if you didn't know the song, I imagine it was still funny. But there's another one. May I go ahead with the other one? You may. Uh, Chartmeister, master, Chartmeister. Uh, This this from uh, the best Boston movie of all fucking time, Goodwill Hunting. Here we go. Where is he touching you? He's touching me down there. 
dead. I'm nervous. You don't have to be nervous, Will. We start dancing. Dancing is beautiful. Because we can make a lot of love before the sun goes down. Sky rockets in flight. Afternoon delight. Hey, afternoon <laughs> delight. Sky rockets in flight. Da 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 da. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe so. this song does win the week. Those I don't know. Two, it's pretty good. Those are two classic references. And interesting, one of the exercises. Uh, it uh, bleeds into one of our other categories. By the way, I think the best cultural revival has to be the Anchorman one. I would, I would dub Anchorman. Well, there is one other uh, uh, nominee. Oh, there and, is? And, uh, yeah, you, you, it, it's one of Oh, you're forgot. right. I forgot From, about this. The first ever episode this is the first of episode? the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. Correct. So, yeah, this is. it needs a little setup. It's got um, Will Smith and then... His, the the youngest of the family in the whatever her name was I don't, I don't know his little his little cousin but she, they want to introduce him to Carlton right and Carlton is in the shower and so they're knocking on the door and this is what they hear. Some people seem to think it's pretty little silly love song. <laughs> I look around me and I see it in some. I don't know. <laughs> That's basically so it's it. Kinda, yeah. And it's sort of funny because they're obviously using the fact that a nerd, quasi-white black person yeah, the joke would be singing was, that song is that he's white yeah, bread. Right. Yeah. The joke was Carlton was the whitest black guy. And it worked. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, right. I'd still put Anchorman as the best you. revival of any I'm of these you. songs for sure. Yep. And by the way, uh, listeners, if you um, have any other suggestions on cultural revivals that we missed, mm. you can email us. Dave, you want to give your address? Sure. I'll go, uh, David at pod617.com. We'll have our own email address set up soon. Don't worry. Yep. And um, but you know one of the other categories is uh, when we're talking about relevance. I wanted to know: Do kids are kids aware of the song? You want to mm. know if a song has uh, has transcended time? Right. Find out if the next generation knows. And in this case, I actually asked a group of eighteen and nineteen year olds whether they'd ever heard of the song. And Anchorman, or excuse me, uh, uh, Afternoon, Afternoon Delight. Delight. <laughs> Yeah. was the only one in this entire countdown that they all Is unanimously right? claimed it. And they all said, as soon as they said Afternoon Delight, they all said, well, of course, Anchorman. Yeah. The only other song that people knew in this entire list was um, was The Beatles, Got to Get You Into My Life. And not everybody even knew that one. So I can see why, can't you? They're, they're, now that I look at it, I don't know if this is... We, we started off with, with, with uh, a year and obviously this, this week in time as we sit here. So it's a random exercise here. We're picking a random point in time. You never know where the, the time machine's going to take us. And now that we've gone through the whole list, it's kinda, it is kind of weak. Not that you and I as music fans, plenty of good songs in there that we really love. But there isn't that song. Like I'm thinking like a, uh, I don't know, I'm the bias Stay with Aerosmith. Like, or, 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 or Stairway to Heaven or Walk This Way. No. or Right, something like they that. They didn't always hit the top ten, those songs. And that's one of the yeah, things. Good to, point. To, but the ones that do still tend to be resonant. And maybe none of these deserve Pantheon. But... There are also a lot of good songs on here, just Agreed. some really weird ones. Speaking of which, we're going to play a game right now called F. Mary Kill. Oh, yeah. And I want us to decide if we had to choose. This is not to choose which song is the best. Which song would you want to fuck? Which song would you want to marry? Yep. And which song would you want to kill? And, by, and I'm saying that in terms of your desire to listen to the song now. 
Now, right. I, I'm going to define that by saying if you want to F a song, that means you it brings like an intensity there and you want to you know, yeah. have it and it lifts you up, but probably can't listen to it all that much. If you want to marry it, it means you can listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you want to kill it, you don't wanna ever want to hear the song again. Yeah. Dave, you first. I want to fuck Afternoon Delight, and it's not because of the sexual. <laughs> it's not. It's not because of the sexual. <laughs> Too obvious. No, I know. I know. But uh, and I know I'm, I'm kind of bending the rules a little bit, but it has to be that one, just because that that's like a, it's like shoving your face into an ice cream sundae. Like that's that's how I would describe this. Things are getting weird in here. Um, afternoon Delight. What uh, you want to do? Yeah, your, your, your list. Your, okay. Uh, what what would I want to marry? The the sort of the sort of comfortable song. I'd say Got to Get You Into My Life because that's a song I can kind of mm. listen to anytime, anywhere. And then what song would I want to kill? <laughs> um, sorry, Starbuck, but I'm just pissed <laughs> off that you even uh, appear on this list with your weird Moonlight Feels Right. Moonlight yeah. feels like a piece of shit, Starbuck. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm killing you. There you go. All right, I'm going to fuck I'll Be Good to You. <laughs> oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Oh, word, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Not, again, not because it's like a groove. Just, it, it feels groovy. I want to, I want to move, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. That's a good answer. That's I'm going to marry silly love songs. Because like you said, it's a standard. It just works and I'm okay with it. Yep. And I want to kill rock and roll music. Oh. I know it's terrible. I know it's yeah. just, it's just not good enough. You're right. To stand with Chuck Berry and the Beatles. And it's a kind of an insult to those, those artists. A bit. Yeah. Good answer. So, you know, the final question. Mm-hmm. Was this a time machine worthy week? Are you glad you traveled back to July seventeenth, nineteen seventy six? I love it, but but it it's sort of like uh, a delicious appetizer, like a nice um, a nice plate of steamed pork dumplings. I, I enjoyed it, but it's just it it set me up for other great music of this era because I feel like that it's it's so many more disco songs, so many more gritty rock songs and the 70s that point of the 70s to me was so interesting because it, it I mean look at the I mean there's okay so there are, there are country songs up there but you, you kind of couldn't get farther apart than um, Afternoon Delight and Got to Get You Into My Life right like those songs the, the genres well, are that's so, cheating a little because it was 1964 okay came so out, but now I hear what you're saying because yeah, it still charted it was a hit yeah you know what's weird about this list now that I look at it the, the, there's, there's really no rock what's a rock song on the board uh, there. The closest you get is Love is a Lot. Yeah, that's weird. And that has sort of a rock group, but it's really more of a funk rock kind of thing. Okay, but. so I enjoyed it. I can't say I didn't enjoy it, but now like sort of in retrospect, I, I'm talking myself into the fact that this was kind of a weak uh, Yeah, you know, I'm sort of, I'm sort of with you. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to say yes, it was, yeah. but I don't think it's the most emblematic 70s week we could have landed on. Right. There's some weird anomalies between the Beach Boys and the Beatles stuff sort of showing up because they're not really of the time. Yeah. And the disco hits that are more relevant aren't the biggest disco hits of all time. Afternoon Delight is probably the closest to being really emblematic, but I still, I'm still glad I traveled back here. It brought me back, and there yeah, were same. enough songs that put a smile on my face that it was, uh, it was worth the journey. Yeah. So, j- j- one final thought on the, on the genres and whatnot. Just, I remember going to summer camp around this time, probably 19 uh, day camp. I didn't go to overnight camp. I was too little. But there was a dude in my bunk named Steve Power, and he used to he <laughs> appropriately named. He was a guy, the kid I was afraid of, like long hair, like kind of always had his shirt off, and he had a big 
boom box. And I was just afraid of the fucking guy. I was afraid he's going to beat me up all the time. And he used to play out of his box. He would play. It was always either like Led Zeppelin or The Doors or ACDC or an occasional like Jay Giles band. And I, I, it, it, I developed a fear of hard rock. And the, the, so the, those kind of songs lingered into 1976. But I'm just kind of wondering, there's an answer to this question, I guess, whether sort of disco kind of took over and really kind of uh, there was no going back. And for hard rock, it was, it was you know. Uh, the Bee Gees haven't. Well, the Bee Gees haven't shown up yet, so yeah, they're they're. I think they've they had their early stuff, but right. the real hardcore Beatles disco jive talking may have just come out or, or around there. But Saturday Night Fever is coming next year, and that's when right. everything changes. Yeah. But still, you know, look, I smile a little bit. The bicentennial summer, all that good memories. Um, I, my only other retort would be USA. of the of the bands that are not one hit wonders or the quieter bands. What's interesting is these are not their best songs. That's true. And I think that might be, means this week is a little bit of a tease. Well, you said, right. Well, you said, I mean, Gary Wright, that was his top hit, but we were, he's, remembered, Dreamweaver. he's remembered better for Dreamweaver. Uh, Captain Intonil is, is known better for um, Love Will Keep Us, us together. together. You're right. So Starland Vocal Band is the only one, and they're like the weird one-hit wonder. So No, Brothers Johnson, you could argue right. Stomp, Stomp might be yeah. a little better. You know, Beatles, obviously, Wings. Manhattan's a yeah. uh, shooting star. Yep. Shining star. Shining yep, star. No, so All maybe that's what's keeping us down. But I'm glad I... I'm glad I traveled. It was a, Me it too, was man. A, it was a good experience, but we got to go home. Until next time. Uh, <laughs> until next time. If you like this podcast, please <laughs> share it with a friend or a colleague or someone who you might uh, think would enjoy this sort of uh, analysis. And Dave, travel. correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. We're going to get in the uh, the machine every week. We're going to get in the machine every week. It's a weekly podcast, and so every week we will take that date in history, flashback to some random year, look at the top ten. That's why we call it Past Tens, and we look forward to, to seeing you next time. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find all back episodes on uh, Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network, where this podcast is produced. And Milt, you had something to add or no? A top ten time machine. Woohoo! See you next week. Thanks, guys. Turn those machines back on! (laughs) Turn those machines back on!